Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. You know who it is. My name is Ja. Hey, it's Dugo over here. Glad to be back. Let's go. We missed you guys. Uh, it's been a long time. Obviously, we haven't talked to you guys since before the Super Bowl. And uh, we are now back to talk about 2023. And uh, we're in the season of rookies. You're goddamn right. So, you know, today me and Dugo didn't want to do anything too crazy, but we do want to give you guys some insight into, I guess, where our minds are about some of these rookies as we get in, uh, ready for the uh, draft coming up. Yeah, man. Well, we have the combine coming up this weekend. So, I mean, what I really want to do for these viewers is, you know, just to give some people the insight of who I'm looking at going into this combine, who I think is going to probably get their stock to, you know, go up a bit. And, you know, maybe if there's some people that I'm kind of hating on already, I'll drop some names. But right now, I really like this class. I mean... Coming into this year, I really didn't know what to really expect. Last year, I thought all the rookies were great. One thing that I'm uh, kind of feeling with this wide receiver class, though, as much as I love JSN, Jackson, Smith, Najigba, um, I don't know if there's going to be one that's going to be like, you know, like a Jamar Chase or something like that to start out. So I think that this year, you know, like it might be worth it taking like a Quentin Johnson early or Johnston out of TCU. Uh, he's a 6'4", like 220 monster wide receiver. He could probably develop to be an alpha wide receiver. How early are you taking Quentin Johnston? Well, I mean, it depends because... Let's I say mean, it's a one-quarterback uh, rookie draft. Well, you know, it all depends on landing spots high, and that's why I don't want to get too far into the weeds quite yet. Because, mm. I mean, we still have the combine, their pro days, and then after that, I think we can t- start talking landing spots. But I just don't want to get into the thick of it quite yet just because it's all up in the air. I mean, depending on what their combine results are, you know, Quentin Johnston could be a top 10 pick or he could fall to 22 and be on the Ravens. You know, like it's it's honestly the world's his oyster with how he does in the combine as far as solidifying catches because I know that's one, uh, that's one thing that college scouts have or – uh, NFL scouts have on him with his hands yeah. is yeah he's not really uh, the greatest catcher and so if he can solidify himself as an up or an above average catcher after this combine and pro day stint you know what I might take him one three you know it just all depends on how he does and his landing spot like I said are there any other receivers that you've got your eye on so far well dude if I'm gonna be honest I'm kind of intrigued by the slots in this class because there's a big chunk of them that are pretty talented. And honestly, when you're looking at them, it's almost like you're splitting hairs on which one's better than the other. I'm talking about the Nathaniel Dells. I'm talking about the Josh Downses. I know that you really like... My boy Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. And I also really like Parker Washington out of Penn State as well. Mm-hmm. So when I'm watching the Combine this weekend, those are a lot of the guys that I'm looking forward to watch. I mean, it's, it's going to be really great, man. I think that a lot of these guys, like I said, their stock is going to be t- determined on what they do during these workouts. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are searching for a wide receiver, maybe somewhere in the third or fourth rounds of your rookie drafts this year, there's a guy by the name of Xavier Hutchinson who I think could be kind of a steal. Uh, I know that he's planning on you know going to the Combine. Out of... Hutch, I guess, what are you looking to see in terms of combine performance? Like, for me personally, uh-huh. if he goes in there and he runs a low 4.5, high 4.440, that really boosts him up my charts, only because 
I guess speed is the one thing that I kind of questioned with him. Right. But if he goes out there and he shows me that he's even more athletic than I gave him credit for, naturally, I mean, I'm probably going to move him up my ranks. I think I have Xavier Hutchinson right on the cusp of maybe being a top 10 receiver from this draft class. Uh, how do you have him ranked? Yeah, man, I don't doubt that he could possibly sneak his way into the top 10 of this class if I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I mean, when you look at his frame, he's 6'2", 207, and his arm length is about 31 inches. So it's right about on pace for what you would want for someone that height. Yeah. So, you know, this guy, he, he, like you said, like he has all the tangibles. Like when we're watching his film, it seems like he has spectacular hands. So I think that this guy could end up being, you know, like one of those prototypical twos in an offense. And he could possibly be a sleeper in that case. And possibly, you know, like if he does uh, absolutely excel at the combine, like he said, like if he could run a 4-4. That would be great. I mean, he would probably be picked in like the third or fourth round in the NFL draft this year. You think so? You think he, I could see him going in like the fourth round and maybe like, uh, I don't want to get too crazy and start naming teams, but. I do think I could see him moving, uh, you know, around in the NFL draft somewhere around early day three. No doubt. I think, I mean, I feel like a lot of teams are going to really like him because he's an Iowa State kid. And, I mean, it just, when you're there, I mean, he had Brees Hall there the year before, so he had to be good at run blocking. He had to be able to do all those intangibles that you want from a receiver. So I think that's why his stock could possibly go up. And mm-hmm. he's able to show that he's able to run, he's able to catch, just as he was able to do all season. You know, if he's able to play at the speed that he plays, because I think that his play speed might be a little quicker than what he would run in like a dead ass, like a forty uh, yard dash. So a lot of the appeal, so, a lot of the appeal for me. And if you guys are sitting at home and maybe you haven't really dug into all of the rookies yet, when it comes to Xavier Hutchinson, just imagine a Kenny Galladay, but maybe a little bit faster. He's, yeah, that's not a bad comparison. He's 6'3", he's 205 pounds, he fills out well. Uh, he pretty much was the leading dog like in the receiver group at Iowa State. Um, and, you know, he's... Obviously, he has some experience uh, run blocking. I mean, the guy has some appeal. And you're talking about snagging him at maybe the 3'5", 3'6", 3'7". If you're talking about one quarterback, rookie drafts, let's say there's 10 teams. Yeah, man. Well... Let's talk about this because you just you keep bringing up the one quarterback system. Okay. I think that there's some quarterbacks here that are, you know, potential to be a number one quarterback for a team and you know, maybe like a not Justin this Herbert year, type. Maybe not this year, but you know, possibly down the future for your fantasy team. For NFL teams, they'll probably be day one starters. Oh wow, okay. So everyone talks about Bryce Young. Okay. Uh he's obviously the he was the starting quarterback at Alabama for the last couple of years. You know, he won a Heisman. He, he's great. You know, mm-hmm. he's a really good quarterback. Um, but honestly, I don't know if he's my number one in this in this uh, draft. If I'm going to be honest, I think that uh, C.J. Stroud is probably is my number one. If I'm going to just keep it a buck. When I look at the size, when I look at the arm talent, when I look at what he can still do with his feet, I think that C.J. Stroud could end up being, you know, just one of those guys that could be damn near generational. I think yeah. that he could be uh, the next person to fill in for this next like great quarterback run. So I think that C.J. Stroud could be that. I'm also really intrigued to see what Anthony Richardson does this week at the Combine because I know that him and C.J. Stroud have committed to throw, 
And so I'm excited to see what they do. Anthony Richardson looks like a more athletic Cam Newton, and you can only imagine what that could be for fantasy standards. Anthony Richardson is the guy who probably has the most to gain and the most to lose in the draft process this year. And when it comes to C.J. Stroud, I actually I agree with you. Uh, I know last year we duked it out about Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis, uh, which I will take my dub on, bitch. Uh, but I think C.J. Stroud is going to be a guy. He's 6'3", 215, always bring up weight and size when it comes to these quarterback prospects. He's going to give all the opportunity to fail. He looks like a prototypical quarterback. He had a great year at Ohio State, 41 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, completed about 66% of his passes. He's a good quarterback. And he just – and he, they barely lost to that Georgia team, which was an absolute monster all year. So The they national were, champion, yeah. They were, yeah. He was amongst the best quarterbacks, you know, in college football last year. Yeah. And I see no reason as to why he would not be able to do that in 2023 playing in the NFL. And I know naturally you would assume, well, it's because the NFL has better players and they have better defenses and better coordinators. The dude's a fucking quarterback. He throws a great ball. He has great size. He can take hits. He's likely going to go to a team that's going to be intentional about giving him protection and receivers and make an honest effort towards facilitating their offense around what he does well. Right. He's not stepping in like Lamar did uh, to the Ravens when they had Joe Flacco, and they have to spend some years rebuilding the roster. Like, wherever he goes, their immediate concerns and their immediate draft capital, the rest of the draft goes towards what does C.J. Stroud do well. Right. From that second on, from the second he gets picked. So, are there any quarterbacks that – so, I have this grape right now, and I feel like you feel the same way. I don't get the hype behind Will Levis. Mid. I, I just don't get it. Like, he Mid. seems like a good kid, you know, but when you look at what the standards are for a quarterback, it's not just the size, but you got to prove that you can go out there and win. And at the University of Kentucky, when's the last time that you ever heard of them being a winning program? I no, it's it's, it, it's, no, it's just bro. sus to me, dude. Like I understand, like the kid, you know, he could be as smart as he wants. He could be quirky, all the stuff that these, you know, NFL owners want in a quarterback. But every like, year it happens. Like you said, dude, it's just mid and like. And I guess you could damn near say the same about Anthony Richardson to an extent because it's not like he was a. He 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 wasn't like a Heisman candidate uh, when he was in Florida. Right. So, I mean, they're both kind of getting boosted up the draft rankings right now because of what they do well, which is for Anthony running and which is for Will Levis. I mean, he's a pocket passer. If that's your offense, then you kind of plug and play. And so, I mean, just because of his youth, um, his accuracy, like as a passer, he gets some consideration. Well, that's one of his biggest hits. He's not that accurate as a passer. See, and that's the thing, though, like, like, that's literally, like, if you look at his uh, status on PPF or PFF, I apologize, one of his biggest hits on what he can work on is accuracy. He's not an accurate thrower of the ball, so why the fuck would you give him the reins? It's almost like, it's not like a Zach Wilson, because at least this guy has the body type. Zach Wilson, I think, was just a fucking a dollar and a dream that the Jets try to put into the system. And it blew up in their face, and I think whoever tries to take Will Levis and my this experiment with the Zach Wilson shit might just happen again. But I don't love Will Levis either. Well, bro, um, like I mean, when you look at people like that, like when you say, "Oh, he has the size and stuff," 
One of the biggest, uh, I think, busts of all time was Paxton Lynch. And everyone was just in love with his size and his ability to run. But when you look at the University of Memphis back then, he wasn't that great. And he, he flew up the boards, he was picked by the Broncos, and ultimately was cut. Like, the guy was mid, and I think mm-hmm. that Will Levis is just as mid. When I look at Will Levis and I look at his college numbers, I mean, my man averaged somewhere close to what C.J. Stroud did in terms of uh, passing completion. So his passing completion numbers his last two years were about 65 66%. Granted, yes, you throw picks. Obviously, he played for a shitty team, so at the end of the game, you're just throwing up bad passes. Yeah. So we don't know how much of that is fluff numbers. But when I look at accuracy for quarterbacks, I'm looking at your completion percentage because that tells me what you're doing on every throw, not just what situation at least might happen, and you might just have a game with a couple of picks. Yeah. So when I look at Will Levis, he has a pretty fucking, probably one of the better completion percentages for a shitty team. Um, obviously, he has the size. I'm looking at it now. He's 6'3", 232. Uh, he's from Connecticut, so you would presume that at some point in his life, the guy plays in what or played in bad weather, played in snow. So now you can put the label on him that maybe he's all weather. So if you're a shitty team picking in the first 15, maybe you want to give that guy a shot to lead. But what I'm saying is that every year I think I see quarterbacks get pushed up for whatever the reason may be. And with when it comes to fantasy, I mean, you want to identify why that's happening and you want to actually figure out what the player is good at and what they're not good at as you try to make an assessment of him. When I look at Will Levis, he's a halfway decent pocket passer. He's Kenny Pickett light, to be honest with you. Um, If I'm looking at fantasy, I might take the guy in the fifth round as like a floater pick if I just need a quarterback. But he's not someone I'm spending high-end draft capital on. I don't think NFL teams should, but I know someone will. He's probably going to be a top 10 pick, like it or not. I... I would blow up if that happens. I think it's going to happen. Someone's going to get desperate. It's going to be like the Raiders or somebody. Hey, if you guys are enjoying the episode, do us a favor and go ahead and give us a follow on whatever audio platform you're currently streaming on. It goes a long way towards supporting the show, and it lets us know that you guys enjoy the content. Uh, Back to the episode. Alright, uh, you know, it, I can understand if a team can get stuck like that and you want to get desperate, but honestly, at that point, if I'm an NFL GM, I'm probably just waiting until the second or third round where I can get my hands on Herdan Hooker. He's the quarterback from te- uh, Tennessee who unfortunately tore his ACL in, uh, in one of the games this year. I think he'll bounce back and be better than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just my thoughts on that, at least. Okay. I want to transition to tight ends, though. I know that we were talking before this, and you said that you weren't really all that educated on them this year, kind of like last year. No. But, no you know, tight ends idea. are my bag. Okay. Get into it. Yo, I love this tight end class. It's extremely talented. There's a lot of guys that are up in the air as far as being the number one. But I'm going to tell you something real quick. If I'm going to go as a number one tight end, I might have to go Darnell Washington, and I think that's a little off-key. Damn. Like, a lot of people are saying that it could be Dalton Conklin, or I for, I'm i not – King Clan, I think, something like that. I don't know. He's from Utah. He's a pretty decent tight end, and I think that he's probably the best receiving tight end. Mm-hmm. But overall, the best tight end, I think, is Darnell Washington just because of how good he is. At all the facets of being a tight end. He's the probably the greatest blocking tight end in this class. He's 
like I said, he's extremely athletic. He's 6'8", 260, and I wouldn't be surprised if he runs like a 4'5", or 4'6", in the combine. Really? Yeah, dude, he can fly. He, That's pretty fast for a tight end. Yo, my comp to him, just like everyone else's, Mercedes Lewis, but, I mean, I mean what uh, Daniel Jeremiah said today on the Pat McAfee show, it was uh, Mercedes Lewis with a jetpack on because he can <laughs> absolutely fly. Would you compare him to Jelani Woods at all? I mean, probably, but I think he's better in all the facets. I think he's probably the better receiver, if I'm going to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a better blocker. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fair. the yeah. guy is just an absolute beast. I am not... I'm going crazy that this guy isn't getting the press that he deserves. I think that once it comes towards the draft, this guy might end up actually being a first-round pick. But until then... I think that Darnell Washington is one of the most unsung, uh, I think, potentials of this draft. I really do. Now, go ahead. I was going to say, what do you think of Michael Mayer? Well, I like him. Don't get me wrong. I like him, but, I mean, it's just something about, um, you know, the competition that he plays. It's... He plays in the ACC most of the time. I mean, he plays at Notre Dame, so they're independent, but... Seems like most of the time they're playing ACC teams, and I just it's not the same competition as what uh, Darnell Washington was doing. And I mean, he wasn't even the best tight end on his team, that being Darnell Washington. What do you think about Dalton Kincaid? Well, like I said, I think he's probably going to be the best receiving tight end from this class. Okay. I just don't know if he's going to be the greatest blocker. So, like, I could see him being. Like, only in for receiving downs? Yeah, I mean, I could see him being basically like a. Uh, uh, Dalton Knox. So, and a lot of the reason why you guys don't want that in your tight ends because you're listening to Dugo and you say, hey, Dalton Kincaid has this receiving upside. But if you're only on the field as like a receiving tight end, you're losing snaps. You're losing snap share. You're losing the uh, ability to maybe be audible into a touchdown scoring play. Right. And I mean, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, these guys aren't one-trick ponies. They're out there blocking. yes. And they're able to get off those blocks and go out and get those cheap touchdowns. They're able to do so much more if they're in those lineups that you're supposed to be blocking them. If you you want to get superficial, you'll say that coaches will draw them up on touchdown scoring plays as like a reward for doing all the dirty work. If you want to get logical, Mm -hmm. uh, the best ability is availability. And if you are on the field, you are available. Right. And uh, that's where, you know, like a George Kittle, a Travis Kelsey, uh, Mark Andrews, and all those guys kind of make their living. That's kind of what you need. And I guess one last guy that I'm honestly looking forward to watching this weekend in the tight end department, Sam Laporta. He is a tight end from Iowa. You got to love the Big Ten tight ends, and this guy might be the best out of the tight end group this year. I'm excited to watch this guy. He, I mean, when you watch his tape, Iowa hardly does shit. So, you know, you, you can t- only take that with a grain of salt. But mm-hmm. guess who else came from Iowa? I mean, it, it, you can name it down the list. It's TJ Hawkinson. It's um, you know, George Kittle. Um, Noah Fant. Noah Fant, thank you. So, I mean, that's almost tight on you at this point. So, I think that Sam Laporta, if you look at his size, when you look at when he's out there, he's blocking, he's catching. He was damn near probably the only weapon for Iowa this year as far as the receiver. So, look out for him to be big this uh, combine and pro day season. Hey, yo, so check it out. Uh, We want to save some player analysis for when we get more information. So, as you guys know, this weekend is going to be the NFL Combine. 
so this weekend you'll be able to kind of see the 40s, see the three cone tests, watch the bench, pre- bench presses and all that stuff uh, for some of your favorite rookies. Now, next week and the weeks after, we'll have more information. So we'll be able to kind of reflect, you know, a little bit more player analysis. But I think this week's episode is more so just letting you guys know, hey, these are the guys that we have noticed and we think X, Y, and Z about. Uh, We've talked about some receivers, Xavier Hutchinson uh, and all those guys. We talked about some tight ends. We talked about CJ Stroud, Will Levis. Uh, To wrap up the show, I want to go ahead and talk about some running back favorites. So this is going to be the meat of your lineup. This is probably going to be what you tuned in for, maybe. Uh, so I think me and Dugo should both just talk about a running back we like. And uh, I'll start. And my running back that I think has really great potential is someone like a Devin A-Chain. As much as people call Sean Tucker uh, the perfect compliment or the perfect comparison to like an Austin Eckler, uh, one of the, like those PPR type of backs... Mm-hmm. I think Devin A-Chain really has the potential to go ahead and be something special. I mean, the guy is a little bit smaller. He's 5'9", 185, 190-ish. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely not prototypical size for a running back. Right. But I think that when you look at his game, you look at his explosiveness, maybe one of the most explosive running backs in this class, he looks like somebody who can come in on third downs and make a difference. Uh, if he has to step in on first and second to go run the ball, mm-hmm. I mean, he has tons of experience doing that. Um, you know, doing that in college. And that's another thing about Devin A-Chain, too, is where all these receivers get drafted is going to matter. But where Devin A-Chain gets drafted, I think, is going to make or break his stock. If this guy gets drafted to the Miami Dolphins and he's put into, like, a Mike McDaniels offense, it's Devin A-Chain to the moon. Uh, y'all going to hear me saying his name a whole lot more throughout the rest of the summer, uh, the rest of the spring. I think the guy's going to be a superstar. But he's also liable to fall prone to maybe a New England Patriots team drafting him. And in that case, I don't love that offense, so I don't like him as much. He's a prospect that I think is going to be overly dependent. Maybe not overly dependent, but very dependent on where he gets drafted. And he's someone that I do like just as a raw prospect. Uh, In terms of drafting him in the first round, I'm going to have to see where he goes. But he is a running back that I would uh, give the credit to potentially being a first-round running back for your fantasy drafts this uh, this rookie season, you know? Yeah, man, I got to agree with you. I mean, I think A-Chain is definitely going to be one of those guys that his landing spot is going to make make or break him. Mm -hmm. Um, He's not running at the combine, unfortunately, because he did tweak his hamstring during training. So it looks like he's going to be 100% for his pro day, I do believe. so let's not get too excited about him quite yet because we're going to have to wait a couple weeks to watch him go. But if he were to run this week, a lot of people were projecting him to run around a 4-2. That's insane. It's crazy, guys. I think when you look at how shifty he is, I, when we're watching Devin A. Chain tape, I always go back to his game against LSU. And I remember that I was watching this one weekend when I was back home. I believe I was deer hunting. And I was just so mesmerized of how great of a running back this guy was and i was just hoping that he was at least a junior so he was draft eligible he is explosive as all hell like if you look up devin a chain highlight tape it's like i think the best word probably like sounds crazy but mesmerizing bro yeah dude i mean when you look at this texas a&m team that was projected to do so well this year and then they absolutely go out and shit the bed but one of their rising stars was devin a chain you got to give a lot of credit to this guy. I think he that he did a lot more for this team than what was noticed. 
I think that once he gets to the NFL, he's probably going to be a little bit better of a receiving back because he's not going to be the only tool on that team. I think that Devin A. Chain is going to have a bright future ahead, and like you said, he is landing spot dependent, but regardless, I think that he'll be a star wherever he goes. I think he has high potential. I like him a lot. Um, we'll see what happens these next few weeks, but uh, who do you got? Who, who, who's someone you look I'm at? I'm splitting my hairs right now, man, because there's a lot of there's a lot of running backs that I'm actually extremely oh. excited for. How many running um, backs So I'm So right now I'm trying to think of one, and if I had to keep – one guy that I absolutely keep coming back to is probably Tajay Spears from Tulane. I think that this guy is going to be really, really cool to watch in the NFL, and I think that he has all the ability to be a three-down back in the NFL. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, this guy, I don't know if he absolutely has all the tangibles that you want. He's 5'9", but he is just over 200 pounds. So he is a little more thick as a running back, and I know that's a weird thing to say. It's 20 pounds heavier than but, Devin A. Chain. Yeah. Same he, height. But he's probably going to still run like a four, like a lower 4-4, four, four, and that's what you want. And this guy, when he was at Tulane, I mean, I thought that this guy was doing a lot for this team, and he ended up getting 21 rushing touchdowns this year. He had 1,500 rushing yards. This guy was their bell cow. And they ended up going to the Sugar Bowl and beating uh, Alice or a USC team, which was nationally ranked. So was Tulane. And I think it was almost because of Tajay Spears being such a fucking animal. Dude, I actually fuck with that because the way he's sized out now, obviously we talked about Devin A. Chain, Tajay uh, Spears are both, you know, 5'9". But I kind of like the fact that he went to Tulane. And do you know why I like the fact that he went to Tulane, Dugo? Break it down for me. He's a smart motherfucker. Okay. He's a smart motherfucker. He went to Tulane. Uh, I like my third. What What did Deion Sanders say? He said he likes his quarterbacks to have over 3.5 GPAs, come from two family households, etc. Yeah. Uh, I like my third down running backs to come from great universities. I want them smart. I want them aware. And uh, I want them to be featured in a utility role that could be beneficial for my fantasy team. Ooh, I burned my finger on that hot take. I fuck with Tajay. I think that obviously his level of competition comes into question because if we're going to knock other guys for it, then we have to kind of apply that to him as well. Yeah, I, I mean, no doubt. But at the end of the day, I mean, they they came back against a USC team again in the Sugar Bowl. So it's a bowl game playing the highest standards. And they beat the Heisman winner in Caleb Williams during that game. And I think it was probably one of his most disgraced losses because they were up by, like, three touchdowns. And then Tajay Spears comes running back and probably has, like, a 250 rushing yard game. If you don't know Caleb Williams, he will be the quarterback one next year. Uh, Probably the number one draft pick in the NFL for the 2024 NFL draft. That's all I'm saying, dog. Like, I mean, this guy was impressive. And obviously Caleb Williams wasn't playing defense. But nonetheless, I mean, that defense was still really good, and Tajay ripped it apart. Y'all, y'all, y'all. All right, well, we appreciate y'all for tapping in. We are so happy to be back. We're going to be coming uh, out with, you know, new episodes weekly. Uh, we're still figuring out a schedule, but make sure you hit that follow button so that way you'll get the update regardless of what day we drop. 
so until we see you again, uh, my name is Ja. Hey, it's Gino. Appreciate y'all capping in with your head tops. With your head tops. We will talk to you next week. And uh, let's have an off season, baby. Let's go. When the police hit the lights, I do not slow down. Okay, okay, okay. Straight up. Brand new drink over here. Crash like when the stars go down.